Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 287 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This is the world's longest running podcast for parents and student athletes that explores every aspect of recruiting and athletic scholarships. It's coaching you can apply to your family's athletic scholarship pursuit. It's primarily for parents, but athletes will benefit too. Subscribe and listen on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or iHeart, so you'll always get the latest episode as soon as it's posted on Tuesday. You'll learn something new each episode that will take you through your scholarship journey. If you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast, contact Brent directly at brent at recruit-me.com. Myth number eight about athletic scholarships is what we are covering in this episode, episode 287. Myth number eight is schools only give scholarships for the money sports like football and basketball. The truth from the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system is the NCAA and NAIA schools give scholarships in almost every established sport. Though not every school offers every sport, they do make scholarship money available for a wide range of sports. For men, scholarship sports include baseball, basketball, cross-country, fencing, football, golf, gymnastics, ice hockey, lacrosse, rifle, skiing, soccer, swimming and diving, tennis, track and field, volleyball, water polo, and wrestling. Women's sports are basketball, bowling, beach volleyball, cross-country, fencing, field hockey, golf, gymnastics, ice hockey, lacrosse, rifle, rowing, skiing, soccer, swimming and diving, tennis, track and field, volleyball, and water polo. In addition, new sports like bowling, archery, badminton, equestrian, handball, rugby, squash, and synchronized swimming are starting to emerge at the NCAA level. As they grow, you will see more athletic scholarship money for these sports as well. Back in episode 216 and 217, I have two full episodes that talk in-depth about all the headcount and equivalency sports and their allocated scholarships. I talk in both of these two episodes about all the different levels of play in college sports. The NCAA Division I, Division II, Division III, NAIA, and the junior college levels. These two episodes include an obscene amount of numbers about scholarships and a lot of in-depth info about each level. Let's talk about some other subjects other than just the number of scholarships available. Since those numbers were covered in those two episodes, episodes 216 and 217, Full Ride Scholarship Information Overload, Parts 1 and 2. So how do you define a scholarship? Are you going into your recruiting thinking that your sport will pay for your whole college? When you hear a high school student athlete is getting a full ride to college and is going to play, as an example, basketball at a local NCAA Division II college, do you think that the sport, basketball, is going to pay for all of his or her classes, books, housing, and food? You may know that that player is getting a full ride, but do you know how that full ride is actually being funded? 
Well, NCAA Division II men's and women's basketball are both equivalency sports. So that means that athletic scholarship money can be given, but can only add up to 10 full scholarships for men's Division II basketball and 10 full scholarships for women's basketball. So let's throw out an example. So if a team carries 15 players, the coaches can mix and match their 10 full scholarships to build their team. This is a made-up example of an equivalency sport. Let's say coaches give three players a full-ride athletic scholarship. Six players get a 75% scholarship. That would be equivalent to 4.5 scholarships used. So now we are at 7.5 of the 10 scholarships gone for 9 out of the 15 players. Then in this example, five players get half scholarships. That would be equivalent to 2.5 full scholarships for the half scholarship players. Now the team is at 10 scholarships out of the 10 allotted for 14 of the 15 players. That leaves the 15 player as a non-athletic scholarship player, or maybe a preferred walk-on. In this example, only three of the 15 players got their tuition, their books, their housing, and their food plan paid for by the athletic scholarship. So how do all the other players get all their stuff paid for? Well, players can get additional academic scholarship money. Most colleges will allow and encourage the combination of athletic and academic scholarships. The first offer Parker, my older son, got was a full-ride scholarship, but it was whatever he did not get academically, then the rest would be picked up by baseball athletically. Also, there are merit-based scholarships that students can apply for. Students can apply for scholarships locally, regionally, or nationally by filling out scholarship applications and or writing papers or essays to earn those type of scholarships. Businesses, churches, service clubs like Rotary or Kiwanis, or foundations can all provide scholarships ranging from $500 to $5,000 or more. Most colleges will allow you to marry these scholarships to their athletic and academic scholarships to help cover many of the rest of the things that the athletic scholarship does not cover. I asked earlier how you define a scholarship, and most people I talk to think that all sports or athletics will give one athletic scholarship to cover all the college costs. Again, episodes 216 and 217 cover the definitions of headcount and equivalency sports, so go check those out. And myth number five about athletic scholarships is called most athletic scholarships are full rides. Listen to episode 284 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast to hear more about the full ride scholarship myth. There's nothing wrong with a student athlete saying that he or she is getting a full ride scholarship to college. That student athlete doesn't need to take the time, every time, to explain their personal scholarship situation. Plus, how college gets paid for is personal information. Whether you get a full ride athletic or a full ride combo package, it really doesn't matter to anyone outside the player and the family. The combination of scholarships that make up either a full ride or the majority of how you pay for college expenses is the most common way athletes get their education paid for. Much of the information that Recruit Me passes along is to prepare families and student athletes for the reality of how sports can impact your finances to pay for college and how to prepare for not only the sports aspect, but to prepare from your first day of high school your freshman year and through each year of your high school academically. On NCAA.org, from the Recruiting Fact Sheet PDF, it states that in NCAA Division I, 57% of all student-athletes receive some level of athletics aid. It states that NCAA Division II has 63% of all the student-athletes receiving some level of athletic aid. And as you know, NCAA Division III gives no athletic aid, but 80% of student-athletes receive some form of academic grant or need-based scholarships. 
The recruiting fact sheet PDF also states that NCAA Division I and Division II provides $3.6 billion in athletic scholarships annually to 180,000 student-athletes. That's an average of $20,000 per college student-athlete at the NCAA Division I and Division II level per year. College tuition ranges at these colleges from $6,000 a year to $60,000 per year. Plus, you add on books, food, and housing. Also on the recruiting fact sheet PDF, it says only 2% of all high school student-athletes are awarded some form of athletic scholarships to compete in college in the NCAA Division I and Division II levels. Again, NCAA Division III doesn't give athletic financial aid or athletic scholarships, but a student-athlete can get some form of academic grant or need-based scholarships in Division III. According to Learn.org, a college grant is free money that can be used by students to ease the cost of college expenses. Some advantages of college grants include unrestricted use of funds and, unlike student loans, an absence of repayment obligations. Common grants are federal and state grants, grants for minorities and women, and subject-specific grants. Ask your high school counselor for information on filling out the FAFSA form, F-A-F-S-A form. FAFSA stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Colleges use this form to determine your eligibility for federal and state grants and for college-sponsored financial aid, including grants, educational loans, and work-study programs. Go to FAFSA.gov, F-A-F-S-A for more information. On the homepage of NAIA.org, it states that the NAIA-level schools give $800 million in athletic scholarships per year to 77,000 student-athletes. A little math says the average scholarship per student comes out to $10,400 per year per student-athlete. Again, college tuition ranges from $3,000 to $60,000 per year, and again, does not include books, food, and housing. Sutton, my younger son, is committed to an NAI-level school to play baseball. He is getting academic, merit-based, and athletic money to help pay for his college. It doesn't total a full-ride scholarship, so it doesn't pay the full amount for tuition, for books, for food, or for housing, but it covers a large amount of the yearly cost. The largest amount of his scholarship is based on his high school academic performance. It is based on his overall high school grade point average, or GPA. His particular college bases academic scholarships on his high school GPA, and not on weighted GPA, and also not on ACT or SAT scores or super scores. Other schools may use these parameters to help determine your scholarship situation. As you do research on your schools, on your school list, this is a major piece of information you need to look up or ask about. Sutton can raise his final GPA in high school by doing well his senior year in the classroom and can raise the dollar amount of his academic scholarship. Sutton also has to meet academic requirements in college to continue to receive his academic aid in the future. He also is receiving some scholarship money by being an A-plus student at our high school and a National Scholar student. Plus, he is getting an amount of aid from the baseball program. Some of these scholarship amounts can go up or down based on his performance in both the classroom and on the field. In the truth about myth number eight, schools only give scholarships for money sports, like football and basketball, I listed all the sports that get athletic scholarships, and I mentioned the billions and millions of dollars that is received by college student-athletes, and all that money is not just distributed to the major sports like football and basketball programs. 
My sons both got athletic aid for baseball. And if you think about it, you know players that got athletic scholarships too, in various different sports. Every region of the country has sports that other areas or regions do not. Our high school has cheerleading, cross country, football, golf, soccer, softball, swimming and diving, tennis, girls volleyball, basketball, dance, wrestling, and girls wrestling just started this year, baseball, track and field, esports, our junior ROTC has a rifle team, and we have bass fishing. Lacrosse clubs have recently developed, and ice hockey is also developing in the area. Other areas of the country, for various reasons, are stronger in some sports. Northern regions favor ice hockey and skiing. Water polo is mainly in the California area and the New England area. Southern sports do favor baseball a lot of times, and colleges in the area can determine what sports are popular for that region and can drive high school and club sports to carry those sports. Very few southern states carry college gymnastics, for instance. I have been surprised how some of our area girls have been recruited to join women's rowing teams. The Midwest is not a hotbed for rowing, but there are some high-ranking universities that give scholarships to female student-athletes. Fencing is dominated by mainly northern and east coast colleges. A great way to research college sports and what colleges have them is this resource, collegecoachesonline.com. Check out the site and you'll get five free listings for a sport. Collegecoachesonline.com has a monthly or yearly subscription and you can use RM123 as the promo code to help save on those monthly or yearly subscriptions. I've even had track and field coaches tell me that they recruit baseball and softball players to help fill their running events or to do throwing events like javelin. My point is that there are many ways to play in college, and you can get some help to pay for your education and your experience in college. So, even though football and basketball gets the most attention nationwide and on TV or on social media, thus, most people feel those sports get all the scholarship money. But as you heard, there are many, many scholarship opportunities, and many sports to get those opportunities. More opportunities open up when you combine athletic scholarships with academic, merit-based, and need-based aid. So go out there and find your opportunities. Don't forget to visit recruit-me.com and get the free recruiting power pack. And also check out the New Year's special price on the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. The special price is only $89. This system normally sells for $127. Get the year started off right with this step-by-step DIY recruiting resource. Join me next week as we take a break from the myths about athletic scholarships for an interview with a former college basketball coach and now an athletic event coordinator. We talk about recruiting in the JUCO ranks, NCAA Division II, and NCAA Division I levels and bring you into the postgraduate school world by talking about the postgraduate tournament that he, Jake Hendrick, held in January. Thank you for listening, and please share this episode and past episodes with other families in the recruiting process. Listen next Tuesday for another 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.